This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Well, you never know how much cash was lost, but I just saw a bum eating oysters at Madeline's. Another freak in a mask. Awesome. do I need a Danish? Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Horse, and I'm <laughs> and also I'm, Bill Meeks. <laughs> and I'm Anne Randy Simone. Can I be a chicken? A chicken? I don't know, if you're a horse. Oh yeah, I guess if I'm a horse, you, I'm a you would definitely have to be a chicken. But uh, we're back to talk about another wonderful episode of Gotham this week, and it Woo-hoo! was a wonderful episode, I thought. It's a wonderful episode. And, uh, you know, normally I, w- I would kind of, you know, try and stall for about 30 seconds here right at the top, but yeah, I need a drink, so Amory why don't you go ahead and get us right into the rhyming, riddling episode summary for this week's episode. All right. How does a spy become a manservant? By being the best, loyal and observant. Will mm-hmm. Dollmaker's henchmen get fish to agree? Depends on how much of his plans she can see. Is a mask of wait, is a mask a symbol or is the guard blind? Is a crimson hood poison to a criminal mind? Gotham's pure evil. Isn't that good? The clothes are all weapons in this week's The Red Hood. Oh, yes. The Red Hood. Yes, yes, yes the master. Red Hood. Yes. I enjoy The Red Hood. What do you think about the episode, Marie? I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as whoever just impersonated you. I was kind of going for like a Boris Karloff. Yeah, I, 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 I got it. Don't worry. I got, I got it. <laughs> um, no, it was a really good episode. Um, I The Red Hood was actually probably my the least entertaining of the storyline for mm-hmm. me. Um, and probably the least significant too. Yeah. It was kind of just going on in the background while there was a lot of Which other more disturbing stuff. <laughs> significantly more disturbing than- um <laughs> we'll get there i'm sure i know um i did think it was weird and maybe this is just because we had have talked about this sort of the opposite of this that jim and um harvey sort of took a backseat this week mm-hmm. that they weren't like the story yeah yeah they, and actually i just uh ran through our notes real quick did you put anything in about fish mooning oh did you okay so yeah so i realized we'll you didn't so i was like oh <laughs> i guess i'll talk fish but one of the big sort of uh like headline banner things that happened in this episode was we got to find out a little bit more about Alfred's past, mm. which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, via the uh, character of Reginald or, or Reggie, Reggie. Uh, you didn't like him? I didn't like him from the second I saw him the first time watching Yeah, he, it. he seemed a little shady for sure. I was like, you, sir, are not a good mm-hmm. man. But yeah, a, a former uh, – oh, what was the name of the – Her Royal S- Highness. SAS, I think it was. Uh, yeah, Special – Special Air Sur- Service. Yeah, yeah. A, a former uh, colleague of Alfred's in the Special Air Service hired by Wayne Enterprises to, well, uh, suss out some information on young Bruce Wayne. I, I, I kind of wonder how they found Reggie or Reginald. Exactly. And his story kind of bothered me um, mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, just, yeah, I have no idea how they found him. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's like, you know, said he got in trouble with the cops. Mm-hmm. And that they told him to look up somebody from his thing, like from his old regiment. Yeah. Um, Hello, random British guy in Gotham. How did you know that another random British guy would be in Gotham? Well, I think it, w- it was a cover story, but it was definitely kind of weak. It was a weak. Sure. I know it was a cover story, <laughs> obviously. Yes. Yes. So. Obviously, there was other stuff. Obviously, there 
there were some other things. But I, I thought it was interesting the way it, it left off a little bit. Uh, there, that last scene in the the boardroom. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because right now the, the board thinks that uh, Bruce doesn't have anybody, but they don't know about Jim. Yeah. Which, which I also thought was an interesting di- dynamic. I, I I I actually it made a lot more sense what went down between Bruce and Jim a few episodes back based on you know uh, what happened in this episode because you know Bruce rejected him he pushed Jim away but I think that you know uh, maybe not an in-universe reason but maybe that was the writers getting Jim away so they wouldn't have to be like well why didn't Jim stop by and talk to Bruce like he does every episode you know a couple (laughs) of he was sort of doing that wasn't he but so uh, Reginald had no idea that uh, Mm -hmm. Jim and Bruce were tight and you know that there was some Montoya. And an Allen out there too. Hey, a Montoya and an Allen. <laughs> Where are they? Where you at? <laughs> Where you at? Um, yeah, no. It, but I almost feel like Wayne Enterprises should have known. <laughs> Um, because Jim mm-hmm. hasn't been the quietest detective. Yeah, but at the same time, he hasn't been very loudly presu- pursuing the Wayne murder either. I guess it's been months. Yeah, like, I mean, he's been working on a lot of uh, semi-connected cases, probably more so last half season than th- this well, yeah. half season. But he hasn't been, like, out there, I'm going to find the Wayne murderer for Bruce Wayne. There's that's, been other things in his mind. That's been more of a just in the study sort of thing, which, by the way, there are more rooms in Wayne Manor. Yay! We got to see a lot of them. We got to see a, a kitchen. I like the kitchen. A hall, another little hallway there. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice. Very yes, nice. The foyer. Uh, also, um, the, uh, the bottle of Burgundy that uh, mm. Bruce brought up. 66 uh, Burgundy. Reference to the year the Batman TV show went on the air. It was 1966. Ah, which I thought so was so good at that type of stuff. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that Reggie ends up being the first uh, – well, I guess Catgirl trained him a little bit, but basically the first outside master that uh, starts training Bruce in some different techniques and stuff. And very uh, counter to uh, the things that Alfred think is, thinks yes. is important for Bruce. Absolutely. Well, uh, Alfred's trying to, well, keep the past in the past. Yeah. and I, Well, I mean, he's been uh, kind of, I think, encouraging Bruce in, in the training and stuff, too. But he's more about discipline and all that stuff. Where this Reggie was more like saying, OK, you have to use every dirty trick in the book if you want to win. You know, mm-hmm. take any advantage you can get. And uh, I definitely uh, I, I think Bruce, if nothing else, I mean, obviously, he's not going to be a big fan of Reggie's after this episode. No, no, not a fan. But I think if nothing else, Reggie kind of showed him that maybe he should expand his horizons past Alfred because Alfred has a very strict philosophy for uh, you know what he wants and everything and that's not necessarily you know what's going to be best for Batman it may not be what's best but some of it sort of crossed over because Mm -hmm. one of the things that he said to him because this was my um, next point was we got a lot of um, kind of information things to think about quotes from this episode yeah Um, he told him don't lose your cool it'll get you killed very true let's just be honest Batman doesn't really Mm -hmm. Like, flip out. Yeah. It's not really his thing, and but neither it, does Bruce. It, at the same time, the stuff that Reggie was telling Bruce it will be very useful to a future Batman, too, such as, uh, you know, if you have a larger opponent, use their strength against them, attack mm-hmm. low, things like that. That'll come in handy when he's fighting people like Bane or Killer Croc or and something. And a very like that. large cape. <laughs> oh yeah it, uh in the have you ever seen like the 90s capes they had for batman like the full length cape like oh they got crazy in the i'll try and uh, okay you keep looking i'll just keep talking 
Yeah, it's oh, fine. oh, is that on the ground? Is that like a wedding dress? I'm trying to find like the here. This this is the kind I'm talking about here. I'll I'll show uh, our video viewers too here. But yeah, like just these big long flowing capes. So let me see if I can find. It was that top that one, the top one, the first one. Oh yeah, this one right here yes. where it's all dragging on the ground. It's a wedding dress. I think that's on like a Michael Keaton doll. Yeah, it looks like a Michael Keaton doll. Uh, let's see Todd McFarlane, uh, Batman. Live googling is dangerous. Yeah, see, yeah. Uh, I have to try and find a better one here. Yeah, look, look at this cape. Like it's all chunky hey, and torn. Cape. And hey, look at this cape. Hey, look at this cape. Look at this cape. <laughs> oh, oh, forgot to turn the music off again. <laughs> but uh, go ahead with your point. Sorry, um, I got I got distracted by capes. Fashion police. Um, <laughs> the things we learned about Alfred's curriculum because we really hadn't. I mean, we could figure it out, but we hadn't gotten a definition of it. Was mm-hmm. that it is discipline, skill, and hard work. Mm-hmm. Which he has all of those. And, and uh, you can you can see that off the line in a lot of alfred's actions and stuff uh this season for sure which goes with the keeping the past in the past Mm -hmm. and how he you know sort of sends bruce to bed who still eavesdrops because he's 14 Mm -hmm. um and finds out you're a cold-blooded war dog and i was like oh oh (laughs) i mean i see it but oh you actually went there yeah so that was a little odd um and then sadly my friend has been stabbed and then just hangs right up on i know it's like (laughs) hangs up on 911 he didn't well, I guess he gave him his name. I guess that's in in Gotham. All you need is the the name to know where Bruce Wayne lives. Basically, for sure, it's called Wayne Manor. <laughs> What's he gonna do? Be like, hey, Stately. this is Bruce Wayne from Wayne Manor. Stately Wayne Manor. Whatever. And I, I thought it was interesting the way they kind of a. Uh, uh, approached alfred's past too to where he was just completely ashamed of everything that had happened in his past you, you know the killing and everything and the eating of the person yeah that it tasted like fast food and was disgusting <laughs> Ew. gross grody that was a, i mean that was a nice warm scene there right before alfred got freaked out though um, before everybody got freaked <laughs> out okay well i guess we should uh talk about the main attraction of this episode the supposed to be main attraction to titular uh is a hard word to say, a dangerous word to say. Yes. A villain of the episode, which is the Red Hood, the Red Hood gang. Um, mm. I, I thought it was a very interesting tale. I thought it was a fun one. I, uh, probably uh, one of my favorite uh, sort of freak of the week villains uh, mm. for sure. I thought the most fleshed out concept for sure too. Yes. It was interesting though because it was an inverse of the comic book, the original comic book uh, Red Hood Gang, which uh, we've discussed this in weeks past. But you know, and look at this Joker, uh, which mm. we're probably not going to have this week. No. Um, but uh, basically, uh, the the killing more, uh, the killing more by Alan Joke, uh, the killing joke by Alan Moore. Uh, the classic uh, story, the '80s Batman story, where the with the Joker's origin in in that story, uh, the Joker as a struggling comedian becomes the Red Hood, and they put a big Red Hood on him and a big cape and everything and a suit to dis- distract Batman and the police from them robbing the place so they can get away. So it's kind of the inverse of how it was in this one where the person who wore the hood was the leader and he he was the guy. He was the charismatic guy that – Well, the uh, first one was. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, <laughs> where the, the original Red Hood, it, it was sort of the inverse uh, where that that was like the decoy. That, that was, uh, you know I, – I, I will go off on a little tangent here. I always kind of like the, the concept of uh, – well, you know how ba- a Batman has the yellow shield on, on his – or the yellow – 
behind his fat shield. Uh, some people have theorized that the reason that Robin wears a yellow cape, well, the reason Batman wears the shield, mm. the yellow shield, is to attract bullets because that's where he has armor. So people don't try and shoot his head. So people think maybe Robin has a yellow cape so <laughs> to attract the bullets to keep, oh, keep him back. Oh, that's horrible. But it's, Poor little Robin. Just one of those funny little uh, No, it's just hilarious. Let's just I've heard. shoot the child. It's better <laughs> well, than shooting the Batman. Yes, definitely. I the Batman. Maybe they'll flash forward some day and have uh, the guy, the kid who plays Bruce Wayne play Robin in a thing. That'd be fun. No, no. they won't do that. No. Uh, no, but I also thought the Red Hood was interesting. It kind of reminded me of, if you've ever heard the uh, classic uh, horror story, The Monkey's Paw, mm-hmm. I like the monkey's where it, it's sort of a, uh, if this was a morality play just about the Red Hood gain, it, it, it would make a lot of sense. Just like The Monkey's Paw kind of brought out the weaknesses in the father, the mother, and the son in that story, uh, which uh, if you don't know it, The Monkey's Paw is basically they get this cursed paw that'll grant you a wish but does it in a very ironic twilight zone-esque way Mm -hmm. um but i this mask this red hood seemed to bring out everybody's personal flaw it brought out the first guy's egotism and uh sort of uh narcissism it brought out the second guy's greed and it brought out that i guess a third one probably greed too or lust for power no just lust yeah because it was to keep his girlfriend yeah if they had done two more or a few more they could have got all all of the seven deadly (laughs) i guess but uh no I, I th- vanity, uh, greed, lust. Um, there are a few more, mm. uh, but I, I, th- I thought that was interesting how how the Red Hood sort of acted as a a talisman that brought out the worst in all these people. Mm-hmm. And I also thought it was really interesting that the second Red Hood that we saw I had had sort of a class warfare motive, which we've seen before uh, with in Spirit of the Goat and in the Balloon Man and stuff. People using you know the the class difference in Gotham, the one percent versus the ninety nine, hmm. as their motivation for moving forward. And I I also think it's going to make it really ironic that eventually, you know, all these criminals starting their lives of crime because of class warfare, mm-hmm. either the person that's going to take them down or the person that's going to save them is going to be Batman, who's a billionaire. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of like for, for one that that kind of makes sense if they're fighting a billionaire since they're already doing everything they're doing out of a uh, sense of unfairness and class and everything. Hmm. But then if Batman ends up turning them away from a life of crime, also ironic because, you know, yeah, the billionaire thing. That's the saving thing. Uh, but uh, I also, uh, I thought it was interesting that the first Red Hood, the first guy... In the first scene, it's in our album artwork for this week's episode and everything. He he understood why the hood worked, why it worked as a symbol, why people were convinced by it. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them, they didn't really understand why it worked so much as they understood that it did work. They But they didn't understand the why of it. So basically, they, they just kept copying uh, or they, they would take the mask and mm-hmm. copy what the first guy did and then the third guy with the second guy mm-hmm. just uh, – to kind of uh, – just because they knew it worked. But you could tell the second guy especially when he was like, oh, should I give him the money? Should I not give him the money? Nah, fine. Yeah, you know, it, and, you know, they were running out of time. They weren't as right on the clock as they were with the first guy and everything. So he knew that it worked. He didn't know why it worked though. He didn't under – he didn't have that knowledge the first guy He wasn't charismatic either. Yeah. He didn't have that. Mm-hmm. He threw the money inside the bank, which was just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, no. They're no. going to take all that back. They're going to get that back. Well – See, then again, he he was 
using the hood because he knew it worked, but he didn't understand the why of it. Mm-hmm. He didn't understand why it worked to throw the money when they got out of there, mm-hmm. you know, to get away from the police and everything. But uh, and, uh, it also uh, brings to mind uh, the whole class warfare thing, too, uh, brings to mind one question to me is uh, it, it, there's a classic question in with Batman uh, that many fans ask. I've heard many discussions on it is why doesn't Bruce Wayne to clean up Gotham instead of putting on tights and a cape and going out and fighting crime and, you know, investing in all these toys. Why doesn't he just, you know, put all of his billions into social services and, you know, you know, renovate the slums and all that stuff, which he does do that stuff. But why doesn't he about to say, doesn't he like have a bazillion charity? He does. But but they're saying, why doesn't he just go full force into doing charity work, you know, like a Bill Gates or something like that in our world to uh, kind of set that right in Gotham. And I think possibly the board, the board's uh, kind of vendetta against him might be part of it and it might be you know connected on several planes you know with the mayor and mm-hmm. whatever's going on with Dahlmacher. He doesn't trust anybody. Yeah. Like, I, I think I think the basic answer to that question is there's a lot more going on in Gotham than you could possibly imagine and that ultimately putting money into charity isn't going to fix it because it's too entrenched. Mm-hmm. There's there's uh, there's rats in the sewers underneath Gotham and you're going to need more than uh, some good external to flush those guys out, I guess. Okay, so the Red Hood guys, mm-hmm. where do you think they all met? Because I'm not completely convinced that they all worked at that garage. I think that was just like the meeting spot yeah. where like one or two of them worked mm-hmm. because, you know, the big guy, the the chubby guy. Yeah, Red Hood number two. Red Hood number two was a baker. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they all in, I mean, it could be in a cut scene or something too. Maybe we'll see once they come out with the DVDs or whatever. But uh, it's very possible that maybe, maybe they all just had like some financial goal they wanted to hit and so so they they all came together like that guy wanted to be a baker the other guy was trying to save his relationship the charismatic guy red hood number one i don't know uh maybe he was trying to save that garage or something i don't know like, maybe he needed a uh, new haircut no that was the thor looking character <laughs> maybe he wanted to bleach his skin and dye his hair green Ooh, like awkward. at first honestly when when in that first scene i was like oh no they're actually gonna make it to where this guy could possibly be the joker aren't they but then thankfully they killed him yeah <laughs> Things you should never say. Thankfully, they killed Thankfully, him. Thankfully, he's dead. Thankfully, he's dead. No, um, I just don't know about them all having the... I mean, yeah, they all wanted money, but that's what all bank robbers really want is the money. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They, I feel like there had to be some sort of other connection, and I just wasn't seeing it. Yeah. Um, it was also a little bit confusing because when they got to the first you know, bank and he mm-hmm. pulls out the hood and puts it, what is that? That's a hood. I didn't know we were wearing hoods now. Like <laughs> this is the first bank. It's very clearly stated throughout that this is the first bank. Mm-hmm. We're not, when did we start wearing hood? Um, the first one. So he started now. Yeah. Well, I it think, seemed a little, I think it was just, he kind of sprung it on them. Yeah. It was the main issue, but you, you'd think, uh, they, they wouldn't try and change things up right at the last second there with all the preparations they made, you know, mm-hmm. with the, like doing the, the fire bombs to but time things. Why out. I did that. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like the other ones might not have been completely involved in that. Well, he did, he did seem very much like the brains of the operation right until they shot him. Right in the until chest. he stood on a car and said, "If you have this mm-hmm. hood, you're in charge." <laughs> Uh, Delonto in the in the chat room here uh, ask uh, when do you think young Bruce will become Batman or do you think he will in Gotham? I, I think I think there's a potential that we, we could at least see him running around in like dark clothes with like a, a ski mask on or something, kind of like the Red Hood but black. Yeah. 
Um, but I, 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 th- I think they probably like it feels like they they could probably pull a small villain just to it as like the last scene of the show, him going off for his oh. first adventures, Batman. But I honestly, I'd like to see like if this gets uh, five or six seasons, see them do one whole season as Batman Year One. It would have to be the last season. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely. But I and I mean, uh, we'll see how uh, David, the actor who plays Young Bruce, <laughs> only Ages. wants to stick with it too. Well, I, I don't even think that because mm-hmm. he's a fourteen-year-old kid playing Batman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I have floated the theory, and I, 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 I would like to see it sometime. Maybe if they do, like, time like jumps. a time jump in between seasons to where, like, they jump to, like, Batman's been around for two or three years for the last couple seasons. That would be cool, uh, that'd too. be That'd be totally fine, I think. Yeah. Um, I think they may actually have to because there are so many child actors on this. I mean, they have three main characters that are children. Yeah, this teenagers, is very true. Tweens, if you will, for Miss Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that can be very uneven, especially as they start progressing through uh, later puberty and stuff. Right. Because like, they, they just, like, you look at them one episode and then they come back to another episode, which, you know, comes follows right after, but by have been shot like months in between and you're like oh wait that kid has an adam's apple now that kid is no longer a kid yeah, yeah and you can tell i mean his voice is not very mm-hmm. matured yeah. right now but i think they may end up having to do that year or two jump mm-hmm. to look legit yeah. even i mean probably even between seasons one and mm-hmm. two definitely i could see it between two and three definitely um not even remotely what i was trying to talk about <laughs> but i'll go with it um oh yeah you had a couple more oh thoughts. okay the dude at the first bank uh-huh the one who pressed the button. Mm-hmm. Why was he so mad at them for looking at the tapes? I don't know. I think he was just like I, – I think it was just like a very sort of broad thing with him and the secretary where, OK, you're, you're all business and then secretary, you're all, hey, I like that guy. You know? He seemed real nice. <laughs> he was just charismatic. He's like mm-hmm. Robin Hood. See, when I was thinking for like half a second that he could actually be a, a new Joker suspect, I was thinking, mm-hmm. well, maybe she's Harley. Or something. She kind of so, had that but adoring love look. Total fake out. But I, well, I, she could still be. Potentially. Doubtful. But probably not. Yeah. Very doubtful. Okay. Let's see here. Before we move on uh, to more of our discussion, we just had a couple things we wanted to point out to you guys here This quick. is typically where we would start singing and dancing and talking about we, a Joker. For Look at This Joker, but we don't have Look at This Joker this week because – Look at this elf. We're pretty much convinced that the Joker came last week. Yeah, they pretty much told us that. But uh, – Let's see here. Uh, our friends, uh, and we're kind of going steady with them in <laughs> po- podcast terms. Uh, hey, our friends over at uh, Gotham TV Podcast, who cover Gotham, but they do it uh, for the UK, so they're they're still stuck at the last half season. It, oh, oh, what was that episode? The 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 episode with uh, um, Alfred being like all action <gasps> hero and stuff. Oh, action hero Alfred. Yeah, so they're they're still waiting for new episodes, but they got a chance to interview uh, Sean Pertwee, and I know that they did some interviews with. Uh, most of the cast at uh, New York Comic Con oh. in advance of uh, the season premiere. But we wanted to point this out. I, I took a listen to about half of it today. I still need to get through it, but I definitely wanted to point this out. And uh, definitely check out John and Derek's show, too, especially mm-hmm. when it comes back. Like, they always have a lot of good insights. And we, we definitely They're highly to, entertaining. We And we definitely want to get them back for a podcast roundtable. I think we already have one, like, soft confirmed. With, oh, do we? To have them back with <gasps> oh, Victoria, Victoria and, and Andrew. Andrew. If we uh, can get Victoria and Andrew back on the show. If they ever show up on Gotham again. <laughs> But yeah, we definitely wanted to point that out. And uh, let's see here. Um, oh yeah, there was one thing we I don't know if uh, we've mentioned this, but we started a new podcast about a month ago called Universe Box, which mm-hmm. is sort of a, a story set to a theme. It's kind of like Mister Rogers for grownups. And uh, we're doing the episode on fear this week. And, and uh, so we were wanting to get a lot of people to just grab your smartphone, take like a three second video, and say something you're afraid of, like apples or something like that. If you're afraid of apples, <laughs> I am for scared example. of Granny Smith apples. 
Wolf. But if you want, if you want to do that, and then just go over to uh, bit.ly/slash What Are You Afraid Of, and you can put the YouTube link there, or you can just email it to us at legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Or well, let's let's not confuse okay. them uh, with it with the other email address. Yeah, you can just send it to legendsofgotham okay, at gmail dot com, and we'd love to do that. Yeah, just turn your camera phone on for like three seconds, say something you're afraid of, send us the video file or the YouTube. I'm scared link. of eyeballs. <laughs> exactly, and I am too. And uh, <laughs> I'm one, scared of spoons now. One more thing we wanted to mention before we get back to the discussion here is how uh, we have a Patreon now. Woo! If you're not familiar with Patreon, basically what it is, it's sort of a crowdfunding, uh, but it's it's more of like a like in, instead of paying for us to do a certain project, like hey, we we want three thousand dollars to do a podcast for six months. It's more of like a, a monthly thing. I well, you can do by I, I guess creators can set it up by uh, content you create, piece of content you create, mm-hmm. or by month. We've set it up by month, and it's not covering just Legends of Gotham, but it's covering all three of our podcasts. Uh-huh. Uh, right now, so so uh, right now we have three patrons at twenty one dollars per month. It's basically basically like a subscription service, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I, I guess you could call it a subscription. They they'll uh, ping you for the dollar or whatever you decide to donate every month. And we have a lot of goals here. Uh, the first one, which we'll probably end up hitting pretty soon, since we're already at twenty one dollars, is a monthly hangout with everybody, mm-hmm. like with our listeners, to talk to you, which is fun, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then a hundred bucks a month is no more ads, and we have a, a bunch of goals, and you can check it out at patreon.com slash universebox. But we also have a lot of uh, rewards for you guys too uh, now at 10 cents you get every dog boy adventures book i've ever written as well as every podcast we've ever recorded in a handy zip file uh five dollars uh will uh, you'll you're eligible to appear with us on the, oh, those live people. hangouts and uh, then ten dollars will i'll make a horrible sketch and mail it to you mm-hmm. twenty five dollars uh will send you personal letters and a horrible sketch and a horrible sketches I, I know one of these here oh i think uh five dollars will record an mp3 of us singing any song you want and we'll send it to you and you can and do with it what you want badly yeah you sound very badly. But uh, we're going to try this out here just because we kind of want to get away from the ad-supported format. And we also kind of want to grow. We've had to do a lot of equipment upgrades and stuff, especially like the past two months. I think I've almost a grand on equipment in the past like month oh. and a half. Had to get a new mixing board, new hard drives, all sorts of stuff like that. So oh, we're just uh, kind of trying to uh, uh, get, get a little back for that We'd as like well to, as grow. We would like to get rid of this fuzzy animal that I'm talking about. Yeah, we'd, we'd like to get Amory a, a professional microphone like I have and a professional <laughs> webcam like I have and everything or a newer webcam because <laughs> her webcams i think five dollars or something, something like that so but, there's what i'm working with people yeah but we'd really like it, it we'd really appreciate it if you could uh go over here and it, i mean you can even donate 10 cents a month just We're some, cool with some sort of way to just say hey i like what you're doing keep doing it mm-hmm. that'd be great it's patreon.com slash universe box and we'll have a link everywhere uh, yeah, there's a link on the website at legendsofgotham.com, and we'll have the have it in the show notes, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess we should get back into our main discussion here. Please. And I, that always makes me feel awkward. Asking for money? Yeah. <laughs> please pay us. But please do. No. But please do. Okay, uh, let's see here. Oh, I loved, and this is just a real quick one, a real quick point here. I loved, loved, loved the, the bit with the glasses and hold, holding them up to the monitor and <laughs> magnifying the guy's name tag and everything, just because it... it you know, this is a procedural, and w- one of the big uh, time jokes you always hear about procedurals is their enhanced technology, their computer. Enhance, enhanced. Zoom in. Enhanced. Now look at his pupil. Now reverse the reflection on his pupil, and then you can see the guy across the street or whatever. And it, th- I thought this was <laughs> – Reverse the view on his pupil? <laughs> I've actually seen it done. I've actually seen clips of CSI where they like zoom into the guy's pupil in a photograph – 
reverse it and then like adjust the contrast so they can see someone else across the street. Wow. It's not but uh the you know the glasses joke. I thought it was a very clever sort of take on that concept mm-hmm. of the enhance and it's one that would actually work in real life cuz I've actually done that before like uh where I've like been having trouble seeing something in a graphic on a computer and like taken my glasses and held it up to it. Have you really? Or like a magnifying glass. And yeah, it works to bump up the resolution even more so than like zooming in or something like that huh. would do. Yeah, it just cuz it kind of smooths it out a little bit more because it's it's a it's a practical magnification mm-hmm. versus a digital one. You don't lose as much information. Interesting. So I, I thought it was a really really funny uh, joke. Enhance. Enhance. Okay, so penguin. Penguin. Speaking of enhance, he's not doing so much of the enhancing. Mm-hmm. Um, why is he struggling so bad to run this club? I don't know. I'm really bothered by this Mm -hmm. because he used to work there. Yeah. He has to know like some of the ins and outs. Like how did he not know that the wall was all water? (laughs) How did he – how did he not know that it was colored water? He was just – I mean, really, he was a low man on the totem pole when he worked there, though. He was li- he, he was, was literally Fish's umbrella holder. I know. Mm. But he was literally Fish's umbrella holder, which means she, he was right here. That's yeah. why she was so scared when he mm. took off or whatever. Well, I kind of get the impression that, uh, that Butch was probably more of the handling or like – Butch would have been the person that, that he would have been tagging along with who would more likely know that information. That's true. Because Fish was really – she was the host where, where Butch was like the guy running back by behind the scenes uh you know slapping the or behind the uh, bar like slapping the bar backs being like you know get, get these drinks out and stuff like yeah interesting mm-hmm. um but it also like he was just running a restaurant mm-hmm. and then it seemed kind of successful i mean yeah. i know it had a built-in clientele but so did fish mooney mm-hmm. so there's that i don't know those bothered me um yeah it does seem like they've kind of kind of been pulling him back a little bit they really have and i don't like it I don't, I mean, I'm not, you know, I mean, huge on the character, but he just, they've made him very weak yeah. and very sad. And like, you just want to feel bad for him. Well, uh, considering his, his name is in the, the episode title next week. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see a return to form. In, in fact, that last scene between him and Butch, I thought it was very clear that eh, he's he's going to start turning here. Uh, well, you know, uh, Butch uh, says right there at the last scene, I'm tired of being a sidekick. And so, you know, it's they're two sidekicks kicks together now but right. i don't think penguin or oswald necessarily wants to play second fiddle either he's like because right now i i think he's kind of feeling insulted that bush butch is doing so much better than him at you know getting things done and uh i i also think that his question about fish mooney like oh come on fish was all right wasn't she now that she's gone we can say she was or you know all that stuff that was totally a test for butch if uh, he knows butch cared a lot about fish especially uh with the new backstory we got uh, about you know them the nine years teaming up nine years prior to get the club in order and everything and turn it around from a cockfighting house <laughs> Uh, but, you know, so uh, with the new backstory, we know they've had like a huge history, too. And also from when Butch killed his friend, we know that he was willing to do that. I, so I, he, Penguin knows this. He, he knows that. But so he asked Butch to kind of be like, oh, come on. She's all right. Right. To, to read his answer. If Butch had been honest with Penguin and said, yeah, I kind of do miss her. Clink the glass. Mm-hmm. Things might have been easy peasy, lemon right. squeezy, you know? Lemon squeezy. Think, things would have been wonderful in uh, Oswald's club. But I now I think Penguin knows that Butch is lying about that. So if he's lying about that, he's what probably lying, lying about, about other stuff. He's too. probably the one stopping Maroney from delivering the booze. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think I think that Butch will definitely, if nothing else, be a big bargaining chip between Fish and Penguin whenever Fish gets back. Oh, you think For he's sure. going to last that long? I think so. I th- I th- I think there's going to be a, a time when he's going to have to choose between the Penguin and Fish. He's going to choose Fish, and the Penguin's going to kill him. That would be my imp- my my. <laughs> he's going to choose Fish, and then he'll die. And then he'll die. So, um, speaking of Miss Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of seemed minus the the thing. Oh, uh, Bobby Bobby Hawke also mentioned that there was another bad comedian at yes, Fish's Club. It was the bad Jewish comedian. Yeah, and uh, which there was one in the I believe the first or second episode too. Yeah, uh, they, we was on our look at this Joker list. Look at this Joker. He looked like it. Like I was like Definitely. they did this. This, this is for us. And I believe later on in that scene, there was also a ventriloquist up there, which fans of the comics know Scarface. Oh, that could be cool. That just could have been it. But sorry, sorry. Go back to fish. Back okay. To fish. She she actually looked really scared walking down that hallway, looking mm-hmm. in the rooms. Like mostly when she saw the dude being put in a tub of ice. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I was scared looking at a dude being put in a tub. The of room ice. labeled "Urban Legend." No. <laughs> <gasps> Um, so that was I just thought that was weird because you don't see her look legitimately scared yeah ever Mm -hmm. even when you know she wakes up in this strange dungeony basement thing Um, I was kind of surprised that she accepted the shower and the clothes I thought I I never would I was kind of surprised that he offered them maybe it was just Mm -hmm. like one final kindness before we rip out your eyeballs or something like um I don't know. I think he wanted to gain her trust. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily a kindness. So do you think do you think he actually wanted to take her eyeballs or was he bluffing? I think I don't think he was planning on taking her eyeballs mm-hmm. right then. Yeah. I think it may have come down the road, mm-hmm. but I think he knew he needed to work with this person and I think he may have just been trying to smooth her. Yeah. And that backfired like I don't even know. Yeah, I like I I've been trying to sort out her logic in this completely, but I think I think it was just a situation where she realized she didn't have the power and there was only one way for her to get the power back and that was to destroy the matching set of eyeballs in her head. <laughs> and uh but but she still wanted to have a have an eye left over, I guess. <laughs> so, but I like I, honestly, I haven't I still haven't watch the actual scene because i have a thing with eyes it's just like that's one of my greatest fears is anything happening to my eyes and if you listen to universe box in two days you will uh, hear about that. yes yeah <laughs> most definitely <laughs> but so i still I, I i i did see the eyeball squunch oh oh don't do that <laughs> oh <laughs> like i can't even watch people put contacts in her eyes. <laughs> i was like it, it's bad so i think i saw the eyeball squitch but I haven't, that seen, was disgusting. I haven't seen her pry it out with the spoon. There was a similar – actually, it kind of surprised me too is that I know when Walking Dead uh, was first being adapted for television, they were like, well, they'll never do the scene, spoilers, with the governor and the spoon and Michonne and the eyeball, which is basically what happened here with a, a little bit of more grossness added to it. But I, I thought it was crazy that they did it on primetime network television when – Like pe- the 8 o'clock slot. When people two years ago was like, oh, I don't think AMC will ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> on a zombie the show. The times they are changing. The times they are changing. Um. Oh, random thought. Things I just noticed in this episode. When she gets mad or is trying to really make a point, she bares her teeth like an animal. Definitely. definitely. I, I don't know. Maybe it just hit me more this episode. Mm-hmm. But she was like, Rrr. I was like, oh, hi, Jada. Look at them pearly white. Oh, we got a new, uh, <gasps> we got, we got a new patron. Hey. Patreon, and we're almost up to fifty dollars a month already. Thank, Thank you, you, whoever that was. Thank you. I'm gonna... Who was it? No. Who was it? I, it's not showing. They must want to remain <laughs> anonymous or something. Well, thank Can you. you. Do that. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe it's just not showing yet. Here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but so what cool. were we even talking about? 
<laughs> what? what? Don't read the chat. Don't read the don't, chat. Don't. Don't. <sighs> uh, just told you not to read oh, that. Oh, what, Thor. Bobby Hawk <laughs> uh, said, when I was 10, my brother shoved a four-foot uh, palm frond in my eye. Ow. That's awful. It's horrible. Like I, I'm honestly not sure where my fear of came eyes from. come from. Came from. I think it was because I was a big reader when I was a kid, and I was like, if I can't read, what am I going to do with my? <laughs> what life? will I do with my life? <laughs> so, but now they have audiobooks, so it's okay. Audible.com/audibletrial.com/cough. Audible what? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> let's see. Did, did we have anything else to talk on fish or? Nah. Yeah. We'll uh, see what happens. Vomit. <laughs> Okay, so Barbara, kind of a creeper. Barbara, Barbara. She's just drunk. It's a little bit creepy. The the, the morning vodka. The morning vodka followed up by Mm. the mid-morning wine. (laughs) Followed up by the afternoon vodka. (gasps) No, but I thought she was kind of a creeper this episode. She was completely a creeper this episode. Well, first of all, I think the scene this week, if nothing else... uh, supported my theory from last week that she's kind of setting up her own uh bad girls uh birds of prey uh yeah. all of the comic book birds of prey like a team of super villainesses all operating out of her watchtower more or less kind but, of, because she sold them like mm-hmm. she's like i like having you here and, and it seems like she's trying to push them towards an end yeah. almost i uh it but it came off as a little creepy to me like the stuff with selena trying to tell her to use her attractiveness as a weapon and stuff it, it, it felt almost like the and I mean, we, this has come up before with uh, characters like uh, uh, Mrs. Cobblepot and everything like that. But it almost seemed like she was grooming like, grooming her, like almost like a child predator or what or something. Mm-hmm. You know, very common tactic among child pre- predators. And I don't know if it's just like the bisexual thing that's making me think that. Uh, the fact that Barbara's bisexual. Yeah, I'm aware of the situation. I, or That's <laughs> making me think that or, or if I... Or if that's the intention, you know? Yeah. One of the first things I saw when I saw the clip even mm-hmm. was, is she hitting on her? Yeah. And it's it just because, I mean, she I, I know Cameron is 15, I think, but the character's yeah. 14, yeah. I believe. Which is, yeah, bit young. Okay, still 15. Um, yeah. So th- you had something else. Oh, I, I, I was also uh, going to say that uh, Kat, under- I, I think, realized something was really, really wrong with the situation. Just kind of like out of there right away but i do think that if barbara tries the same sort of techniques with ivy that it's gonna work because ivy obviously doesn't have nearly as much self-esteem or self-confidence as cat does correct i also had a thought on that though okay i don't think necessarily i don't think she even needs to i think mm-hmm. that it's she's already planted that seed yeah in ivy's pretty little brain well there's a little bit of that in ivy anyway with the phone call from a few episodes back right but she was you know overhearing the entire mm-hmm. thing huh your appearance is a weapon okay isn't poison ivy's costume basically a leotard and tights yeah yeah, yeah. And she very much uses her appearance as a weapon for sure exactly so she just created poison ivy mm-hmm yeah, more or less. Yeah, I definitely with a sequins cardigan. <laughs> I, I definitely get dig at the idea though that uh, if nothing else, this is where Catwoman and Poison Ivy are both going to kind of get that aspect of their personality. Most likely is from Barbara, but I still thought it was kind of creepy. Oh, it's completely it was completely done creepy, but that's because she was well <laughs> drunk. Okay, so I guess that about does it here. Now, what to use as our arbitrary scale this week? Oh, hmm. fine, use it. All right. Ugh. Out of 35, which I counted, this is the exact no, number. No, you didn't. Out of 35 eyeball chunks, how many eyeball chunks would you give this episode, Anne-Marie? And also, oh. you should probably tell the chat room. This entire thing is disgusting. Um, 35 eyeball chunks. It felt awkward even typing that. Um, 
I'll give it 29? 29 eyeball chunks. 29. 29 Why? eyeball chunks. Um, feel, I mean, we got a lot with the whole Bruce and Alfred storyline. Uh-huh. We actually got something interesting with the Barbara storyline. Yeah, actually, I'd say that this is probably the most focused Bruce and Alfred have had in an episode. Right. Um, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. I like I it. I really didn't like Reggie to begin with. And then when he found out he was the bad guy, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I know somebody has to be the bad guy. But, um, yeah, so 29. How about you? Uh, me, I'm going to say just a, a skitch lower than you. I'm going to say 28 eyeball chunks. Do you have to keep saying? Yes. Oh. 28 eyeball, eyeball chunks. And just because I felt like the Bruce and Alfred stuff was really on point. The Red Hood stuff was really on point. The rest felt a little chess movie without a lot of thematic connection, except everyone was having vision problems this episode. I guess that was the common Ooh. thread because, you know, Sorry. Gordon takes Bullock's glasses. Yeah. Uh, the Red Hood couldn't see because of the eye holes. Um, you know, fish. Fish. <laughs> Pried her eyeball out with a spoon. Yeah, yeah. Spooning fish Mooney. (laughs) But... Yeah, yeah. So it felt a little filler, but I still really enjoyed it all. And like I said, I I think the Red Hood storyline could have just held together, like have no other character's perspective. It could have hung together as a cool little short film. Yeah, you know yeah. for sure. Could make it. Any anyone from the chat room? Oh, uh, let's Not see. Not last scene. Nope. Nope. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that. And since we don't have an ad this week, just go to Patreon.com/slash/UniverseBox. Now onto the news. News. And first off, the ratings. Let's see here. The ratings actually. I read this, and it was actually adjusted up a point. Even after. Yeah, I saw this. It ended up being. Gotham's highest rated episode ever at a 2.3 uh, which it, it, well it was a 2.2 up a tenth from last week's 2.1 uh, but also uh, Anne-Marie went and found out that apparently uh, they do this thing called adjustments on ratings and it turns out that Gotham did uh, for pretty, last week last week's episode yeah last week's episode which was like a series low adjusted up 68% to a uh, 3.2 or 10 rating. So so basically, which is a full 1.3 points after a seven-day delayed viewing, a.k.a. people are just DVRing it. Yeah. Like, they just can't watch it live mm-hmm. because of this, that, and the other thing. Just like, we won't yeah. be able to watch it live starting this week because mm-hmm. we'll be doing our other show. Our other show on Monday nights. But yeah, and I, I also kind of wonder if, uh, what you call it, if they include like digital downloads and stuff in that too. <gasps> oh, I bet they do because they're <laughs> really, ABC seems really big on letting you download immediately like the next day or mm-hmm. watch it stream it online and stuff like that yeah. so there's that okay uh, let's see here uh next up we're going to and we don't play these over the stream because we don't want uh we don't want to, down. youtube to take us down but we're going to talk you through the promo for next week's episode everyone has a cobble pot so let's go okay bridges a lot of clips from the earlier in the season jim holding the gun in barbara's apartment this is my home Lots of fighting. Lots of flashback. Yep. Yeah, and then they're okay, talking, talking about, about the, investigating yeah. the board. Uh, cat girls at the hospital. Weird. Uh, Riddler and more Rivers clips. Rivers of blood in the streets. A, but a new breed of evil is coming. And Dr. Dollmacher and fish okay. with an eye, eye patch. patch. Arg! Not fish mooney. Not playing. Arg! Which is fish funny. mooney, take me to your treasure. Arg! Which is funny because her, the boat she was on got taken. It did. Very much so. So there's that. I am the captain now. I am the captain. Okay, and uh, our last story here that I, I wanted to touch base uh, on real quickly. Uh, someone who uh, usually calls in, she didn't end up calling in this week, uh, Rebecca Johnson. Hello. 
a host of a Supergirl radio. Check that out. It's a pretty fun show. Uh, she she posted this on Twitter earlier today. Uh, basically, a Philadelphia University student made a protective bat suit. Now, this is an armored bat suit that is made to both be fashionable and practical. And I just thought it looked kind of cool. We'll have this uh, link in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com, but very cool. Kind of like mesh coverings for the eyes, which well, I really like. that's what you like. kind of have to have. Yeah, because you know, protector. Well, plus, you know, like, I always thought it was weird that he exposed his eyes because a lot of people, like, if they know you, they can tell who you are by just looking at your eyes. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Well, it's usually in the dark. Very true. Very or true. pretty dark. He keep, Batman likes to keep to the shadows for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe to strike fear in the hearts of criminals. Okay, uh, let's uh, wrap up here real quick with some listener feedback. As always, when you get done uh, watching the episode, take a spoon, pry out your eye. Oh, God! Run down the hallway, email us, uh, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. From your computer, of course, you will only you won't have any depth perception, really. So just, you know, take some time with the keyboard while you're tweeting us at Legends of Gotham. Uh, go over to Facebook.com, upload, update your profile picture with the lack of an eye, for, uh, Facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham, and then call us and let us know what it's like to only have one eye, 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. You can also email us an MP3, like Bobby did. Take it away, Bobby. Oh. Hey, Bill and Emery, it's Bobby. I know I've been saying how much I enjoy this show more and more each week lately, but unfortunately, I feel like this episode took a few steps back. Of course, I still enjoy the dynamic between Gordon and Bullock. Uh, I love Bullock as a character more and more each week, if that's possible. But unfortunately, this week's uh, case just really didn't do it for me, which is unfortunate. Again, because it is the it, <clears throat> it was the Red Hood. It seems like you guys don't necessarily have to shut down your look at this Joker thread because they did throw us a few red herrings this week. Although, look at this Joker is dead, Bobby Hawk. Oh, my money's still on Jerome. It was cool to see the uh, stout ba- uh, Baker slash robber guy. Uh, took me a few seconds to recognize him as the doctor from uh, you know the psychiatrist from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I am kind of curious as to what's. Oh, very oh. cool! Yeah, if you guys don't know, we also do another podcast <gasps> called Greetings from Storybrook, where we talk about once a lot. So yeah, that that made I, I get it. I like it. Going on with uh, Butch, he did seem a bit more coherent this week than he was last. But of course, my favorite part of the episode would be. Uh, the Bruce and Alfred storyline. It was really cool to see Alfred's past touched on a bit. Uh, of course, it sucked what his friend did to him, but it really didn't carry that much weight because we all know in the end, Alfred's going to pull through. And then that leaves us with Fish and Barbara. Um, last week, I was saying it took me like 15 or 16 weeks to finally care or be interested in what happened to either one of those people. And now I totally am not again. I thought the whole <laughs> eye-gouging th- scene, which, which while uh, surprising, was just a bit too much and then barbara trying to sex up selena and ivy just like <laughs> seemed weird yeah and yeah. I, I was looking at online reaction for this too when it was split about 50 50 they were like finally barbara's a great character and the other half was like ah, barbara still barbara i thought Especially, she was like sorry go ahead no go ahead no no let Poppy talk. the whole one-on-one scene between barbara and selena i doubt they meant it to play out that way but to me it just seemed a bit icky and creepy yeah if they didn't mean it to a lot of people got that impression bobby for sure especially like when selena was like oh no don't touch me like that so i guess that just leaves me with trying to come up with an arbitrary scale let's see i guess um 
out of 27 spare body parts, <laughs> I give it 15. Eyeball chunks, Bobby. Eyeball chunks. Well, although similar numbers to my arbitrary scale. Similar. Uh, next up is Andy, who's also uh, the host over on the Flash podcast. Uh, take it away, Andy. Oh, and also we'll probably have a cool announcement uh, with the Flash podcast, Supergirl Radio. And I think uh, I'm not going to say the last name because I can't remember it off the top of my head. But a cool announcement from them coming next week. Take it away, Andy. What's up, you guys? It's Andy, from, uh, Andy B. And What's up? I just wanted to so... give my brief thoughts about this week's episode of Gotham. Um, I wasn't too thrilled with it. I, it was a little bit lackluster. Um, although I wasn't sure going in how to feel about the Red Hood gang because, you know, to me, Red Hood, to me, is always going to be Jason Todd. But, you know, I guess it's, you know, preference or whatever. Yeah, if uh, people out there aren't familiar with what he's referencing, uh, Jason Todd was the second Robin who was killed by the Joker and then came back to life through the Lazarus Pit, uh, which is Ra's al Ghul's uh, immortality soup that he cooks in. Uh, long story short, he came back to life and he adopted the identity of the, a superhero identity of the Red Hood mm-hmm. to kind of dig back in at the Joker, like mm-hmm. to kind of like mess with him psychologically. You killed me. Now I'm you, more or less. That's great. But, um, but I was more intrigued with uh, the things that were going on with uh, with uh, Bruce and um, Alfred's friend. And, you know, and, you know, even though we know the battle mythology and we know that he's not going to die, it, it – <laughs> It did kind of kill me emotionally <laughs> that, uh, to see you know him in a hospital bed, and it was yeah, it was odd. But uh, but overall, I really enjoyed the episode. And what the fish? I okay, I I knew that woman had some problems and was a little bit mentally irky. But <laughs> damn, she just cut her eye like no, like no problem. She just poof. Uh, but, um, yep. but yeah, no, but I overall, uh, I enjoyed this episode. Not my, you know, not as good as the last couple episodes, but, but yeah, but I did enjoy the, um, the stuff with Alfred and Bruce and, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name of their friend. And, but I'm wondering, a uh, question to you guys is the whole Wayne board, Wayne Enterprises thing, uh, and all, is this based on something from the comic books? Is this something that, you know, that has kind of happened before where, when, you know, the whole board of uh, Wayne Enterprises has been kind of, shade and whatnot um but, well yeah so that's what, I, what i'm wondering but um but overall guys um i can't wait to listen to your discussion and i will talk to you soon uh thank you andy i and i can't think of any specific stories where that's happened i know that several uh people in wayne enterprises are were involved with the court of owls what's up, up to 51 dollars. oh yay uh so uh, <laughs> i guess we have a monthly hangout with our patrons we now. have a monthly hangout thank you bobby hogg for oh, putting us over thank you uh but anyway um what Sorry. was i saying yeah uh, the the I can't think of any specific stories, but I know some Wayne board members were part of the Court of Owls, and I know that they're a constant antagonist for Bruce Wayne. He actually, um, later on in the comics, and this was uh, Morgan Freeman's character in the Batman movies, puts Lucius Fox on the board to kind of run uh, interference for him while he's off being Batman. And Lucius Fox also kind of knows he's Batman, too. Hmm. Doesn't like to admit it, but he, he will when he needs to. Okay, uh, let's see. Our last voicemail is from Michael. Take it away, Michael Lucero. Oh, Bill. Bill, <laughs> Bill, Bill. I know you were as traumatized by that scene as I... <laughs> As I was. I was. I was, Michael. (laughs) That, shall we say, third option scene. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I related violence is one of the few things that I can't watch as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a feeling that might go down in history as the most well-remembered scene in the show. Um, I don't 
will certainly haunt my nightmares. Seriously. I honestly thought this episode was just okay at best uh, until the revelation of, at the end that Payne, I guess was his name, was working for the Wayne Enterprises. That was really crazy. I, mm-hmm. I thought that saved the episode, uh, kind of elevating it from a mere filler episode to a key story moment in the evolution of uh, brain, uh, Bruce's relationship with his father's company. Um, so I, I like that revelation a lot. Um, also the guy in the preview who looks like he might be the doll maker was in revolution as a villain. I really like the actor. Uh, I think he can do creepy and threatening really well. Um, so it was a great, great episode. I like it when they turn, uh, uh, when they kind of catch you off guard by kind of lulling you into thinking, okay, this is just okay at best, and then just completely shock you with the revelation that recasts the whole story of the episode uh, based on what you learn at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I'd give this episode 7.6 out of 11 desperation-inducing bank rejection letters. Can't wait to hear <laughs> the podcast. Take care, and... Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Excellent. Yay. And I love that arbitrary scale. That was, that was really one. good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's we haven't see. had any, we don't do as much of the crazy points and uh, yeah. fractions over well, here. It like goes back and forth. We, we th- That's the, probably the most variable part of any of our podcasts is the arbitrary scale. It's it so just, crazy. Yeah. And it, it rides in waves. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have uh, one letter here this week uh, from uh, Gurleen. Yeah, I was going to. Oh. First off, I just wanted to uh, thank her for uh, specifically while the episode was airing last night, reaching out to me on my personal Twitter and being like, hey, there's I stuff. Watch out. So I just wanted to thank you for that. And uh, she says, hi, Bill and Amory. I finally managed to take some time out from school to send this email. This week's episode was just wow. There were so many intriguing storylines and they all have extreme extremely strong potential to pay off in the future. The Red Hood, for example, can be carried out by anyone, and I find that to be such a clever way to keep the story going. Anyone who wears uh, that mask will be carrying on the legacy of the Red Hood, and it reminded me of Batman. I, you know, like a symbol. I, I'm not too familiar with the comic book lore, so please correct me on this. I No, you're, you're about right there. Like, it's a... Batman is intended uh, to be bigger than Bruce Wayne. Like, in a few years back, uh, when Batman died in the comics, mm. uh, the Robins were there ready to pick up the cowl and just move on with it. So, hmm. uh, For some reason or another, Bruce gets injured and is unable to be Batman. So Dick Grayson... Oh, she's talking about this. Uh, so Dick Grayson <laughs> steps in, dons the cape, and carries on the role of being the Night Crusader. I, I found this to be really interesting because these characters have just become so much bigger than themselves. Well, there's just one definitive Batman... Bruce Wayne, the Red Hood represents or presents this opposite where absolutely anyone can take on his role, maybe even the Joker, mm-hmm. which is again interesting because who's Batman's greatest villain? That's right, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, Fish Mooney surprised me. Whew. I absolutely did not expect her to mutilate herself in that <laughs> manner just to fend for herself. I mean, that speaks so much about her character, and I would love to know what you guys thought about that scene. Vomit. That's yeah. what I thought about that scene. <laughs> Apart from all the squealing and puking, of course, <laughs> if anything about the resilience if anything about the resilience of her character and her determination to do whatever if anything it shows uh, the resilience of her character and her determination to do whatever it takes to survive also if you could elaborate a little on who who Reggie is that would be awesome overall I give this episode 40 squished eyeballs out of 60 but I I think uh, Reggie I think that's just a character created for the show he he could show up in Batman uh, Earth 1 the Earth 1 Batman which this Alfred is kind of based on but I don't recall him at all but we'll see okay Emery you want to wrap up with some uh, tweets here? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, first from Mystery Cat Twenty Five. Thank goodness for podcasts. I love the shows and trivia, but don't read the comics at Legends of Gotham at Flash TV 
an ad arrow. I agree, <laughs> Mystery Cat. Okay. And then another one finally caught up. I equals ew, gross. Alfred and Bruce are still my fave. So glad they're back. Alfred cries. <laughs> how dare they? Um, let's see. In response to us asking for people's feedback um, at just Doug 77, I think holy bleep and crap just about covers it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree, Doug. Mm-hmm. And from at other Anne Marie, basically, I'm just going to call her that. So yeah. sorry, Bill. Fish taking out, taking an eye out was horribly disgusting. It was. Loved meeting an old buddy of Alfred's. Excellent. And I, I saw Bobby Hawk say, I didn't realize there was an episode last night, episode of what? I don't know. Did we release something yesterday? Did we? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think we did. Maybe a greetings. Commentary? I don't know. Anyway, wrong anyway, show. Wrong show. Anyway, but thank you very much, guys. So, uh, you know, next week when you're done watching uh, Everybody Has a Cobble Pot, I want you to take two spoons, ah! out both of your eyes, pop them out, take those eyes that you popped out, pop them in your mouth, run down to your computer, email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com, <laughs> uh, tweet us a photo of that, at legendsofgotham. How are like they going to take the photo? No, with, with the eyes just like in their mouth like like a crumb or whatever from Avril Monsters. And uh, then uh, Facebook us, uh, facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And finally, take the eyeballs out of your mouth and leave us a voicemail, 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Now, Amory, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at AMDSimone. I also write a bunch of stuff at crunchycrafty.com. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can pick up my books at dogboyadventures.com. And uh, I guess, uh, yeah, you can check out our new podcast at universebox.com. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash universebox. Well, I guess that's about it. Do you have any other business to take care of? Nah, I'm just correcting Bobby Hawk. Okay, we recorded last night. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay, well, until next, join us next time for more Legends Legends of Gotham. Here the music comes. Music! It's fine. No one hears this part until I do the mega mix. Mega. And paste all these parts together. Paste all these parts together. Okay, so I'm going to be like... And then I got to hit this and be like... Oh, God! Not again! The eye! And she... Ah! <laughs>